The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's a game day. Here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, not just a Thursday, but a Cowboys game day. And boy, are we pumped about it. Getting riled up on the Cowboys. This is what riled up is finally all about. My friend, my man, Tom Ryle, your boy, Roy White, at RW3 on Twitter. You can follow him at Tom Ryle, BTB, representing the Blogging the Boys podcast network. And of course, we are powered by SB Nation, getting you ready for Cowboys Bucks. We've waited a long time, Tom. We've waited, it feels like nearly 10 months for this moment tonight. And we are finally going to get it against the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How are you feeling? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I feel like it's almost 11 months because in, in my heart, I knew the season was over when Dak Prescott went down in early October. So, yeah, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I am thankful that we get to wait three days less than 30 of the NFL teams. You know, we get to start it tomorrow and uh, the rest of the world is probably going to be tuned in uh, to it because you have, uh, you know, the, the, the defending Super Bowl champions going up against the biggest NFL draw uh, for television that there is. And make no mistake, that is the only reason the Cowboys are in this game, is that they're looking at getting 2021 off to a start with a bang-up ratings fest. Uh, now the, 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 the real thing to figure out is, are the Cowboys going to be able to come in and be a competitive team and, and push the Buccaneers, challenge them, and maybe pull off what would be a huge upset because I think they they are the biggest underdog this weekend at Vegas. Well, and before we get into the matchup itself, there's even more reason for Cowboys fans to be concerned as the news we got this week, Zach Martin placed on the COVID list. They held out hope, I guess you could say. They they well, I would say they they stoked the fires of Cowboys fandom by trying to pretend that Zach Martin was going to be ready to come back from his COVID-19 issue that really only cropped up over the weekend, right? It's not a lot of time to be able to recover in less than a week's time. And I don't think anybody was really considering that he might be available. Even still, they had a private plane on standby, ready to take him to Tampa as of game day. And unfortunately, they made the decision earlier this week that that would not be the case. You noted, as we were chatting before we started the pod, that 
there actually is another player to be concerned about on the offensive line and a real concerning issue for the Cowboys if they happen to be a little bit short on Thursday night against the Bucks. Yeah, um, people tend to overlook the fact that Tyler Biotish had four starts last year before he went on IR. He is not exactly what you would call a grizzled veteran at center. Uh, he's lining up right next to McGovern. You know, if, if the Tampa Bay defense has a great big target on the Cowboys defense, it's going to be right there kind of between those two because that looks like the vulnerable spot. And Brandon Knight, who would have been uh, probably the backup uh, in the interior defensive line, I believe is also on the COVID protocol. That means that Matt Farniok is the total depth, which is not that terribly. I mean, it's it's not concerning if they just have one backup for the interior defensive line because on the active roster, the 47 players, they usually will only have one backup for the interior defensive line and often just one for tackle. So that isn't so bad. It's just this is a blasted seventh round rookie. Uh, you know, looking at Dominican Sue and Vita Vey across from him, you know, that's doesn't exactly make you feel easy and comfortable. But um, that's going to be an interesting, interesting thing to watch. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into kind of the top things we need to see uh, or that we're looking to see. Uh, during the game well despite the negativity they did get some good news they activated Noah Brown from the COVID-19 list um, you know this is actually one of the games that I think since 2019 we haven't seen the trio uh, and, and we will still wait unfortunately with Zach Martin being out we haven't seen the trio of Zach Martin, Lael Collins and Tyron Smith suit up together uh, in almost two years now and we'll have to wait at least one more week for that the other issue, Lael Collins, as of a week ago, was dealing with a little bit of a neck thing. So that's one to keep an eye on. The issues along the offensive line are concerning, without question. However, I think because of the Cowboys' positioning and because of the timing of this game and all the circumstance and pomp surrounding it, I actually think that this is the best-case scenario for the Cowboys for the opening weekend. They are going up against a team. That not only can they measure themselves against if they play well, there'll be plenty of valid reasons why they lose the game if they wind up doing so. And I know yeah. I, I don't want to be the individual that, you know, makes excuses before anything happens, right? You almost hedge your bets to where you win if you lose and you win if you win. But for the Cowboys, this does feel a little bit like a win-win type of scenario. If they can come out and pull out a stunning upset, then obviously that's a huge win because that's a game that I think you put in your back pocket and most prognosticators would not have anticipated that would be a W for the Cowboys when they predicted their season and how it would unfold. If you lose the game, as long as you lose in a somewhat respectable fashion, I think if they get blown out by 20 or 30 points, then obviously we're scratching our heads and saying we've got a lot of work to do, but if they can keep this game close and respectable, knowing what they're up against, a team that's bringing back 22 starters from their Super Bowl roster, the most ever in the salary cap era from a starter's returning standpoint, that would be a worthy feat. 
Yeah. And everyone acts like there are no weaknesses on the Buccaneers, and that's not entirely true. Uh, if you're going to attack them with your offense, you want to attack their secondary. They're not great uh, behind their front seven. Um, and that's why we're really hoping that what we see on the field is what we saw in the second through fourth weeks of last season with Dak Prescott. Yeah. So their, their front that's, seven that's, is littered with names you've heard of. And Domicon Sue, Vita Vea, Jason Pierre-Paul, Devin White, Levante David. Their secondary is Antoine Winfield Jr. and three guys you've never heard of. And I challenge yeah. any Cowboys fan to figure out those three guys without looking at a depth chart. Just yeah, for fun, it's Carlton Davis, Jordan Whitehead, and Sean Murphy Bunting. Yeah, uh, that's, that's where it's going to be on Kellen Moore to really do a good job with coming up with a game plan so they can try to exploit that, which is going to include using uh, Dak on the move a lot, I think, to kind of take the, uh, the threat out of the pass rush. Um, and so there's, there's a, you know, there are ways to go. And defensively, I think what they need to do, they're going to need a little, some better coverage in the secondary, which we're going to have to see how that works. But if they can do that, then they have to get after Tom Brady because, you know, uh, I think it was Osa Adigazui Azua that was talking about the fact that you have to get after him. He doesn't move that well. He's not the most mobile guy. And if you start sacking Tom Brady, his play degrades. He does not like it when he's getting hit back there. And he'll start just tossing the ball away and stuff uh, rather than take another hit at some point. Uh, you know, and which makes sense. He's, you know, as we all know, he's like, what, 72 years old now. And so we're having the, he's really got to protect himself because he's not going to bounce back if he gets hurt again the, the way he would have 10 years ago. No question about it. I mean, you've got to get pressure on Tom Brady. But Osa, you know, I, unusual, perhaps maybe a rookie mistake, speaking it out yeah. so clearly. Right. Um, yes. Those probably are true statements and especially the statement about needing to get pressure in Tom Brady's face, right? It's not just the outside pressure that you need to have against Tom Brady. You really need to collapse the pocket from the inside, right? Along yeah. that interior against the center, the guards, you know, the, the, the zero and the one gaps. Uh, th those are the ones that you actually need to be making, bringing pressure against Tom Brady. You know, he has one of the fastest releases in the NFL. Last season, he was clocked at about 2.55 seconds per release. So for Tom Brady, even at this age, right, he knows where to go with the football. He knows where he wants to go with the football based on what he sees. The only chance you really have is it's not really going to come from Randy Gregory and, and Tank Lawrence. In my mind, it's going to come from those guys on the interior if it comes at all. This is a yeah. Bucks team and that a season ago – had played five games where they didn't allow a single sack. Yeah, but it, you might still see a very productive sack total from the ends because what, what the uh, middle does is prevent Brady from climbing the pocket. He's very good at that. And if you push that back, then the ends tend to, will tend to get a chance at some cleanup sacks. Because, you know, Brady does not exactly escape and evade the way Tony Romo did. So, uh, 
that it, that's a good thing. And one of the interesting things is is when Brady's trying to attack the Cowboys' defense, uh, you know, and just uh, their offensive corner has the same problem. They just don't really know what they're facing. They don't know what's strong, what's weak. Uh, so many new faces. Uh, a lot of people, you know, you got Gregory who was not around for the entire season. He had to sit out of suspension. And so a lot of things that are coming at them that they don't really have good film on. Uh, we've got all the free agents. We've got all the rookies that are likely to play a big role. Um, and of course, as Tom Brady has mentioned, he's, he's just a little bit confused by the low numbers uh, on the linebackers and stuff. Yeah, is that is that Cole Beasley lined up on the other side, number eleven? <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't tell who that gigantic, you know, middle linebacker is. He must be a, a wide receiver. Oh, number seven. Oh my gosh, I can't believe. Oh, Tony it. Romo is in there. What's he doing? <laughs> oh, hey Tony, what's going on? I thought you were in the booth. Um, no, I, like I think Tom's point on that front was well made. I actually kind of agree with him from that standpoint. Uh, but do I think that coming into this game that the Cowboys have any type of edge because they might be able to provide or, you know, confuse their opponent in that way? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Maybe not. Um, Maybe there is something to be said for that, but I think Tom Brady's probably smart enough to, you know, see guys once or twice on the field on the other side and identify, okay, that's a number I'm going to be familiar with. That's the middle linebacker you're going forward. I just need to identify number 11 here. Um, but it we is could, worth we we could hope that he maybe gets confused at least once and throws a ball where he shouldn't because he wasn't expecting the player to be who he who is actually there. But I don't really think I, I don't really know why he made such a big deal. I think he was more just protesting the general rule change by the NFL rather than expressing a real concern he has. But it, it, it made for some good fun to talk about during the yeah. week. Well, he had a couple of great lines um, when he was interviewed talking about the changes to the game. The other one I think that was worth at least mentioning was his really kind of defense of defensive players in today's game. Defensive players getting called for penalties when it's the quarterback's responsibility to put the ball in a place that keeps his offensive teammate from being put into danger and if he does not put it in that place and he does exactly the opposite puts his teammate in danger well a defensive player might might do something about that in the past I thought that was an astute point that I tended to agree with although I doubt very much that Tom is going to share that opinion with the referees if he gets tickled by yeah oh see you you know um uh a a, a and uh, I, I seriously doubt Tom's going to have anything to say to the referees in defense of that. Yeah, it's, he he definitely gets flags that that Dak Prescott probably will not. Uh, you know, you can put that on your bingo card for uh, Brady to get flagged for uh, being brushed against while Dak gets blasted and the refs are just kind of looking around like mm-hmm, what's going on you know and so that's 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 just the nature some players get that special status and special treatment and there's nothing that we as fans can do about it we just have to hope that the team can overcome it well we kind of know how brady and the 
the Bucks. At least we kind of know what we expect them to do from an attacking standpoint. This was not a good defense against the run a season ago, so teams really had their way with the Cowboys kind of any way they wanted to do it. It'll be interesting to see whether the Bucks rely on the likes of Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. I expect them to put the ball in Tom Brady's hands and let him kind of throw wild until they do something to stop it and then you know potentially rely on that running game if they've got a lead at some point in this game. For the Cowboys, from an attacking standpoint, I'm interested to know whether or not you think we will see a lot of two tight end sets in this game. There's been a lot of talk of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers employing a five-man defensive front. Now, who knows if that's going to be a, a season-wide thing that they lean on or just something they were working on to try to attack the Cowboys and their already weakened offensive line. But is the, is the opportunity there for the Cowboys to utilize maybe two tight end sets more often in this game to try to slow down that Buccaneers pass rush? Man, it's uh... – I know, right, because it means I, taking a great wide yeah, receiver off that, the field or taking Zeke or Tony out of the backfield, which I'm also not crazy about. If they're still willing to use two tight end sets as a passing down uh, uh, to get Jarwin going down the seam or try to get Schultz working out there in the, in the middle of the field, then, yeah, I could see using it, uh, especially as kind of a bait and switch for the defense to say, oh, look, we're going max protect. Oh, ho, fooled you. Uh I don't know. I don't want to see it if they, they are thinking about running. You know, yes. That's, yes, I, I, only that. want to, I only want to see it deployed in the way that you're suggesting, right, is that yeah. when it's obvious that we would zig here and we're zagging, right? Yeah. And we're going up the scene. We're it, going, you know, crossing. Or if they just have to slow down the, the pass rush and are willing to, to leak one of the tight ends out to give them another receiver in the pattern – or bring Zeke or Pollard out of the backfield uh, and, and use the two tight ends to help uh, maintain uh, some double teams on the line. Um, I don't like how the numbers stack up out there for the receivers in that case, but you know, we're going to have to see. There are times I think the two tight end set can be very useful. I just don't know if this is the game that it's going to be that useful. I think for them, uh, Max Protect should just be an 11 personnel with the tight end and the running back, uh, making sure that Zach uh, Dak Prescott does not get blasted. Mm -hmm. Well, it'll be interesting if when they have three wide receivers out there, who from the Buccaneers side is lining up against that, and maybe that is something that they can ultimately, ultimately exploit, as we gave you the names of some of those guys who are not very – well-known players at all and their reputation perhaps precedes them on that front but they have a great front seven in front of them that kind of masks a lot of those mistakes so with that all being said a little bit of a preview for you a little bit of a matchup breakdown but also we have a list of things we would like to see specifically from the Cowboys does that include a win find out we'll get to that but Tom yeah, but take it with the first one you want to see yeah, the, what I did uh, and should be going up uh, shortly after this podcast is live. Uh, I looked at five things that we need to see from the Cowboys or certainly want to see from the Cowboys. And this was looking at the team's performance uh, more, more than what the, the Buccaneers are going to do, but how the Cowboys are going to handle their own business. The first one, 
the the elephant in the room, the one that we've all known was number one for months. We need to see Dak back. And when I'm saying Dak back, I mean that Dak Prescott that passed for over 400 yards in, in three consecutive games last year at the start of the season before his injury. What will you uh, have to see to, to know that he is back? Does that mean a 70-yard pass down the field? Does that mean a rollout and a throw across his body? Does that mean being tackled, right, and being able to pop back up and get back to the hole as quickly as possible? Or is it a combination uh, of each of those items? First off, it's to see his accuracy, to see him completing passes and not missing his, his receivers a lot, either because he is off target or because he's jittery back there in the pocket. Um, to have successful drives. You know, the Cowboys need to get about – if the Cowboys get at least three touchdowns, I'll feel pretty good about Dak going forward, uh, you know, if they drive down the field, uh, uh, discounting if they should happen to get a turnover in a short field. I'm looking if they can put together, you know, three 65- to 75-yard drives in the game and get into the end zone at the end so that they not only start it and go down there, but they finish it. Uh, that would tell me that a lot of that is because Prescott is wheeling and dealing and he's looking like himself. The second thing is him on the move. Is he able to create, to escape uh, pressure, to get outside, extend the play, and when he's got a reasonably safe opportunity to do so, tuck it and get positive yards out of it with his legs. Uh, that is, if there's anything that I'm, a little leery of is that he may be hesitant to pull the ball down and go having suffered that horrific injury against the giants last year. If we see him save a down by, by finding some green space and getting to the first down to the first yard marker, first down marker, then I will feel like he is back in that aspect. So the Cowboys offense is going to live and die with how Dak Prescott does. You know, they've got great receivers, but he's got to get the ball to them. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be pass that determines things. It's, it's not really the run. Uh, so we have to see that Prescott is who we think he is going to be. You know, he's looked great in practice, but remember he missed all of preseason because of the shoulder problem that came up. So now we've got to find out how he handles that and how he takes that first hit and the hits that come after, because you know the Buccaneers are going to do everything they can. Uh, there may be, you know, some people on their team that I won't mention by the name of Ndamukong Sue who are known for being cheap shot artists. So, you know, they, they're going to have to make sure they, they protect him and he's going to have to protect himself and we're going to see how it takes it because I, there's no way he's going through this game without taking some blows. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No question about it. I mean, will he be able to have the type of mobility? Will he be confident in that mobility? Those are all questions that I think we are going to get answers to this evening. And uh, I expect Jack to answer all those questions affirmatively and have us feel uncomfortable at that point. I wanted to touch on the next one, and I know you've got the list here, but I'm going to steal a little bit from you because I'm interested to know, you know, what we're expecting from the Cowboys run game. The Buccaneers last year were one of the better run defenses in the NFL. We're without arguably our best offensive lineman. And yet all the hype around Ezekiel Elliott this offseason is that he looks as good physically as he's ever looked. What are our expectations for Zeke and the Cowboys run game? What do they need to do to have us feeling positive about that going forward? Well, to me, this is going to depend as much on Kellen Moore uh, and the offensive line uh, because they need to be careful. They need to be judicious. They need to run effectively and efficiently, but they don't need to establish the run. They don't need to keep going back to it if they're not getting four yards a clip or better. Uh, this is going to be a game that I think is going to be won by the passers. Uh, that's that's the duel that's important is, is Prescott versus Brady. Uh, it's not Ezekiel Elliott uh, going up against against their defense. Uh, hopefully, he will be able to get those late game yards when the Cowboys are in a position where they can eat up, have benefit from eating up the clock. That's the dream. Have a lead that they want to protect, uh, you know, keep moving down the field, but take some clock away. Uh, and they need to be able to get some runs when they need it. That's why more needs to be good at trying to throw some runs in there where maybe they're not expecting. Uh, it's going to be tough because, uh, I, I, as was quoted, uh, and I can't remember now because I don't have the the, the tweet in front of me, but uh, someone mentioned how with Zach Martin in there, uh, the Cowboys were averaging well over four yards to carry. Without him on the field, it was well under three four yards to carry, uh, which is a big difference because a successful run is basically a four-yard or better run. And if you're under that, then it's generally not successful. It's not helping you keep the sticks moving, although I hate the whole idea of the manageable third down, but still you want to get a decent amount of yards. And the Cowboys are a right-handed rushing team because of Zach Martin. Uh, now we're going to have to find out, can they operate left-handed? Uh, can Colin McGovern and Tyler Biotish and Lel Collins open some holes on that side? It's going to be tough. Um, so that's going to be it. I, I, I think that the, the, the running game, just they have to be just careful how they use it. Once again, I'm looking to Kellen Moore to call a smart game and use his tools at the right time. Uh, and don't forget they've got Tony Pollard, who can be very good, 
uh, as that change of pace back. And maybe the value of Pollard and Elliott will be as the safety valve for Dak. They may keep a uh, pass play from being a negative play by at least getting four or five yards uh, down the field with a dump off rather than, you know, have an incompletion or, you know, get stuck with a one or two yard gain. That's where I think we may see Elliott's uh, improved conditioning and his his chip on the shoulder come into play. Is if you're getting the ball with a little green space around him, he may just hurt some people out there. Well, I also want to make sure that Zeke Elliott is holding on to the football and being very secure with it. It's our first opportunity to kind of see how all this work and focus in the offseason and on securing the football how well that's come along because there will be some big boys on the inside that if he gets into a scrum, if he gets held up a little bit, they will absolutely be trying to rip that ball out. And uh, I do not want to see any turnovers from the running game against that Buccaneers team. That is one thing that I will uh, go very upset about. And I think Cowboys nation may go nuclear about if that were to happen. Yeah, I, I, I agree on that. And, and like I said, part of it is just going to be driven off the offensive line, which was one of the other things uh, that we need to see is how they can counter all of this. You know, we already are looking at a shuffled lineup. I mean, they had to go with 15 different combinations last year as our own Justin Morris covered in, in his own post earlier. We're not there. But, you know, you're already having to play with your backup guard in in the lineup for Zach Martin. We're hoping that Lyle Collins is really over that stinger and not going to have to come out of the game at some point and throw Ty and Secchi and or Terrence Steele out there because I think we all kind of shudder at that idea. Um, you know, they still got Tyron Smith. I, th- I think I've got a little faith that he's going to be good to go because of the, the surgery he had and how just watching the guy, it's an entirely different demeanor about him. It's like you realize he may have been in more pain than we ever thought in the past because they always him so quiet. It's like, like I've seen him talking more than I've seen him in almost his entire career to date. Uh, so, hey, Dick's the neck yeah. brace. That's the biggest one for me i mean he's no longer wearing yeah. the back brace that uh so many guys in the past have worn that have had neck or shoulder issues that that is the most telling side of all you know to, to me in terms of his health yeah i think that's 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 entirely true so and and hopefully connor williams uh will not be called upon to do any snapping and just stay at left guard where he is a very good i think he's not great but he's certainly capable and you know working next to tyron smith as long as they are handling their pat their handoffs and stuff with the the people they're blocking i you know i feel pretty good about that side of the line it's just how's that right side and the center going to hold up against the interior of the Tampa Bay defense? It's going to be a mess. So how they handle, how they adjust to that, how well the, uh, the guys step up, how well McGovern steps up is going to be very important. And we need to see that work one heck of a lot better than we saw it happen last year. It's got to be uh, basically another order of magnitude 
in ability to deal with the uh, adversity. Well, the next item you mentioned that you'd like to see, I don't know if we're going to see it this game. Uh, and I don't know if this is the game that we should necessarily be asking for it, but I'll let you have it. Dan Quinn and his defense needing to at least slow down the Buccaneers to give you hope going forward. Explain this one further. Okay. We need to see him. We need to see this team not look like wet tissue paper. We saw them get shredded in the run game and we don't need them to stop the run cold. We just need to see them making some tackles and not letting the other team get five, six yards of carry. They need to hold them down to that three to four yard range so that they are, they're not able to just hand off after handoff, especially if the Bucks get a, a lead. Uh, they've got to be able to force it back into it. And I know putting it back in Tom Brady's hands seems like a counterintuitive way to go about, but, like I said, you have a strategy for going after Tom Brady that will fall apart if you can't stop the uh, the run. And then, well, okay, you need some better coverage in the secondary, which is, that's a huge question. We don't know. Uh, it looks like it should be better. Trayvon Diggs should be a little bit better this year. Uh, you know, he was a rookie last year, so hopefully he'll take uh, a decent step forward. Uh, you know, That's only one. Uh, uh, okay, uh, we eliminate uh, Chris Godwin. Okay, they still got Mike Evans and Antonio Brown, right? We eliminate Mike Evans. Yeah. They still got Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin. Uh, not yeah. to mention Rob Gronkowski that you have to deal with in the middle of the field, not the speedster, you know, the dangerous weapon that he was, but certainly a red zone threat. This is why yeah. I say that this one, I think, is one that we're going to have to wait a couple of weeks on. Yeah, but they have to, they have to not just look, massively incompetent out there we've got to see some improvement we've got to find out if uh you know demonte kz is going to be worth uh getting him in free agency you know that to me is a place you could see a, an upgrade uh you know donovan wilson is, is is basically a box safety but they haven't had a free safety in so long a true free safety hopefully having a good free safety back there will make the rest of it work better yeah, we got to worry about what happens with Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown uh, at the other cornerback spots. But, you know, hopefully they can cover for a couple of three seconds so that Brady can't just get rid of the ball fast and give the rest of the defense a chance to, to put some pressure on him. But we need to see a step. And once again, this goes back to your whole argument of they don't necessarily have to win the game. We have to see some signs of life from some of this stuff. And let's face it, for the most of last season, particularly the, the first few games, the defense was, you know, sitting there waiting for someone to slap the paddles on them because it was dead on the gurney. Uh, and and that we got to have that. We got to have that get better. And we're going to, we can see that, I think, even if. The Cowboys don't win as long as they they at least have to work to get down the field and score. We just can't have them marching down in four and five play drives time after time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that's that's why we need to see them earning this. And yeah, it may not all come together as you said, but we need to see it start to. And so that's what I'm really looking for. Do you have any concerns, or how are you feeling about the kicking game? 
not necessarily that it's one they're going to rely on heavily in this one, because I actually would favor them moving away from the kicking option, especially as we get late in the game when points are at a premium, right? This is a team that you're going to have to probably score 30 against to compete with. And so you don't want to give up too many of those possessions if you can help it. However, you know, we haven't seen a lot of Greg Zerline here in the preseason. And, you know, a 50-yard field goal right out of the gate might instill some confidence in folks of feeling like, okay, um, we are not going to have to be concerned with kicking issues that we have had to deal with really prior to Greg Zerline's arrival for about a decade. Yeah, I'm – I, I I was not terribly thrilled with how John Fossil just basically went out and, you know, picked the players he wanted for the specialist jobs, mm-hmm. uh, especially just basically handing it to Zerline. Yeah. And I wasn't terribly thrilled about anger getting the automatic nod over Hunter Nisswander. Uh, I'm just hoping they don't matter that much. I'm hoping the Cowboys don't have to punt a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping they don't have to, you know, line up for a lot of long field goals. I'm, you know, I would love to see them get all their points in six at a time. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't say I'm concerned with it. I'm just, you know, it wouldn't shock me if we wind up being a little bit disappointed. So, yeah, you almost have to prepare for that as a Cowboys fan um, yeah. to be a little bit yeah. disappointed by the kicking game. Now, the, the, the last thing that I came up with for things we want to see actually kind of will tell us a whole lot about how the, the previous one did, about how Dan Quinn does. That's going to be watching the linebackers. Uh, we all remember how dazed and confused the linebackers looked so many of the time, so much of the time last year, how Jalen Smith just seemed to be lost out there and Leighton Vanderish really was struggling himself. A lot of the time they went out, you know, and, and they got Micah Parsons who's looked like everything you could hurt for in a first round pick. Uh, they, they also drafted Jabril Cox to address that. And they signed Keanu Neal and switched him from safety to linebacker to become the starter in the actual base defense, the nickel. Watching how they do is going to be a real, uh, you know, bellwether for the whole defense because not only will we hopefully see them making better plays and see Parsons using his speed and his coverage ability out there to, to prove that he was a wise selection. Uh, not only are we hoping to see Neil, you know, do well as, in, in the nickel, which means he's going to be able to use the fact that he's got safety experience to maybe come in and help out with some of that slot corner slot coverage and pick up uh, someone. So maybe they don't have to rely on Jordan Lewis. Uh, you know, we're hoping that maybe Leighton Vanderish is going to have a bit of a revival because when he first got there, he wasn't bad in coverage either. If the linebackers are looking good, that's also going to tell us that, hey, those defensive linemen in front of them are keeping them clean and they're not having to deal with offensive linemen getting to the second level in a heartbeat and disrupting things. And, hey, maybe – 
The secondary is holding up a little better than it was, which is giving the linebackers a chance to take care of business. Uh, you know, so to me, watching what happens with the linebacker is going to be a, a very early indicator and not just of the fact that Micah Parsons was a good draft pick. It's going to tell us that the whole defense is gelling uh, kind of around them. And that's what I'm really hoping we're going to say. I really want to see Parsons and Neal and Leighton Vander Esch and even Jalen Smith have good games and show that they are not going to be the pushovers that they so often were in 2020. And the opportunity to see it all is just hours away as the Cowboys take on the Buccaneers in the season opener, Thursday night football, Dak Prescott and his arsenal of weapons take on Tom Brady and his arsenal of weapons star studded as you could imagine for an opening night. And Oh, by the way, fans will be in the house for the first NFL football game. Really? I, I know we had some here in Dallas several times over, but this will have a little bit different of a feel for me. And I fully anticipate it being a raucous crowd as our own Meg Murray from the Girls Talking Boys podcast is actually going to be attending this game. And she may even be taking over the blog and the boys Instagram page. So make sure you check that out and check her out as she's trolling some Bucks fans. I promise you yeah. if the Cowboys win, that will be one of those ones that you want to follow at Meg Murray and, with four R's. And I also wanted to, uh, to mention the fact that I, I saw a report from a, a guy I got to meet at Oxnard who goes by Jay Tuck uh, on the, the uh, on, on Twitter. There were some planes headed towards Tampa Bay with a lot of Cowboys fans. So it looks like, as always, Dallas, the Dallas fan base is going to travel well. So this may be a little bit less hostile environment than it might than you might expect for uh, the defending uh, Super Bowl champions in their first game back home. So it's going to be it's going to be one to watch. And now I have to focus on not hyperventilating until kickoff. Yeah, well, for the Tampa. Tampa fans that kick off time a little bit past their bedtime for most of them. So it'll be interesting to see if the Cowboys fans have snatched up those tickets as we expect, and maybe they have a decent showing out there, but Hey, it's time to get going, baby. The Cowboys open the regular season tonight against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we got you covered here on the riled up podcast with your man, Tom Ryle and your boy Roy white at RW three on Twitter at Tom Ryle, BTB. And, of course, you can follow all the great Blogging the Boys content at bloggingtheboys.com. Make sure you follow all the podcast pages and check out the YouTube page as we will have Cowboys reaction videos. Every Tuesday night, we'll have a Cowboys live video for you starting at 5 o'clock. So make sure you check that out and hit that subscribe button. But with that being said, Tom, what are your predictions for tonight? I am going to to stick with the fact that this is indeed kind of what we thought it was going to be. And I think the Cowboys are going to, to not look horrible, but still come up short. I, I, I predicted a 34, 24 win for the Buccaneers where they uh, just cover the spread. Uh, and I kind of think that's what's going to happen. Uh, 
as long as we can get most of the team out of Tampa Bay healthy, then I'll, you know, I think they're going to be okay because the stretch of the next four or five games certainly looks a lot more manageable than this one. This is going to be, I think, their toughest game of the year for a variety of reasons. So hopefully it's all downhill from here. Yeah, I see the Bucs winning this one as well. 36-31, Cowboys get a late touchdown to cover, but it's not quite enough to uh, to overcome what really is a very consistent and very uh, well-put-together Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. And I do want to mention that everybody has so many questions coming into tonight. Here is the definitive answer for one question in particular. Yes, indeed. We are ready for some football. Yeah, buddy. Get going. Go get your drinks. Go get your food. Go get set. Get in front of the television. It is on tonight. Cowboys and Buccaneers. Make sure you check out that fantastic podcast post game here on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. But for Tom, I'm Roy. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll see you next week. Peace.